Hey, everybody. Thank you for joining our midweek podcast. My name is Andrew, and I am your host. And joining me today is a rowdy crew. I'm getting a a troubled feeling about how today's episode is going to go. We have Pastor Maritza. Pastor Eric and first time on, yes, and right. maybe depending on how this goes, she might not want to come back on. <laughs> uh, Kim Geddes, our serve director. Hey. Welcome, guys. Thanks for sitting down and joining me. This week, we were in week number seven of our current series, Foundations. And during the series, we've been exploring eight foundational aspects of our faith in our church. Not only have we been learning about these things in the worship center, but the entire church from preschool on up has been learning the same foundational truths. And this week, Maritza and Eric, you guys were both preaching on the topic of service. So to get us started, why don't you guys just fill us in on Sunday morning, kind of recap real quick, what, what were your main points? And then... What what didn't you get an opportunity to share on Sunday morning that that you would have liked to have? Well, I I'm I'm big on one liners. It just helps me remember and retain things. So I love to hear uh, good one liners, and uh, I try and do that when when I write a sermon. And so the one liner this week for me that I tried to reiterate to everybody was: saved people should serve people, and then just uh, gave a couple of examples. Of, of why that should be. Um, you know, I talked a little bit about um, the words of, of Jesus found uh, in the book of Mark when the disciples, John and James, were actually uh, conspiring to go to Jesus and trying to figure out who should be on his left and his right when he comes into his glory. And uh, Jesus uses that as a teaching moment with all the disciples and basically telling them if you know, if you want to be the first, you have to be the last. And I didn't come to serve, or I didn't come to be served, but to serve. So what better example other than the words of Jesus? And that's exactly what he did. And there there was a story in the Bible um, that I shared um, and actually had an illustration with a backboard from uh, Luke, and it's found in, in a couple of the other Gospels also, of the four men who lowered the paralyzed man down through the roof um, to where Jesus was teaching. And, you know, a lot of times we talk about the miracle of him being healed and all of that, and I just kind of wanted to think broader, and I just thought of those four guys, you know, what it, what it took for them to get this guy there. And when they got there, they realized that there was no way to get their friend in to see Jesus. And... You know, they, they had such servant's heart and cared so much about him. You know, at that moment, they could have been like, hey, man, sorry, uh, house is full. There's no way to get in. Let's maybe try tomorrow or whatever. But they didn't. They actually found a way to get him to the roof, dig a hole in the roof, which is just fascinating to me, and lower him down. You talk about an example of serving someone. It's just incredible. So um, that that was you know, kind of where I landed on Sunday. Beautiful. Okay. I love it. Um, well, I had used the same verse that Jesus, even the Son of Man, did not come um, to be served, but to serve others. My main point when I started off was there is a fundamental difference in serving God to get something from Him 
and serving him to get more of him, helping um, the congregation, uh, believers understand that we don't do it so that we can somehow attain more from him, but it should always be motivated by wanting more of God. Um, That was really my main point. I had read from a commentary, he is um, uninterested in the mighty works of those who do not abide in him. And I I think that was like a sobering thought, even when I was reading uh, through the commentary from Matthew 7, 23, that if you're not abiding in him, then what are we doing when we're serving? Um, I think that's what differentiates the church from organizations that serve humanitarian efforts. Everyone's doing it, but are we as a church doing it unto him? And then it, the, the commentary just said, rejoice that your name is written in his book. Um, if we're doing all these great deeds or, or all these works, but it's not unto him, does he actually know you and do you actually know him? And um, the other point that I had was serving was not never, I'm sorry, serving was never meant to be self-serving. And I think in our culture, so often we do it because it makes us feel good or someone sees it or it just completes your week by you, you know, lack of a better description or, uh, you know, example is it makes me feel good and I kind of can check that off. And yes, I do participate. Yes, I can say I serve. And it was never meant to be self-serving. It's advanced the kingdom of God, um, whether it's like you said, Eric, with the story where it's to help others. And Jesus modeled it for us through setting the captives free, caring for the least of these, sharing the good news, bringing hope to the hopeless. So all of our serving should point to Jesus, even a greeter. Yeah. They're coming in, they're being the light of Christ. And so that should be their motivation, that when someone comes in for the first time to the church, they're, they're salt and light, and they're loving that person well like Jesus would. And that should be our motivator. Yeah. So that, that was pretty much my main points for Sunday. Yeah, and I, Kim can probably speak into this even further, but I love watching the progress that happens in a person's life when they start to serve. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a specific person I can think of at the the campus. I don't have her permission, but it, uh, she went on a missions trip with me uh, a little more than a year ago, and, and the Lord just radically did something to her her relationship with Him, where she just she became sold out, all in. Like it, it was this beautiful transformation on the trip, mm-hmm. and then when she came back, she jumped into kids ministry. And she's been doing it, I don't even think a year at this point, but when I walk throughout the building on a Sunday morning, man, her enthusiasm and her joy is so contagious Mm -hmm. in a room. It is, and I'm just like, I almost said her name. I'm like, hey, how's it going? I just love, I mean, she, it is just a beautiful thing to see that what happens when you start to serve, because it's, it's really an attitude of the heart. Mm -hmm. I mean, you'll see it. You know, yeah, and absolutely. and I get there's a personality thing and all of that, mm-hmm. but man, when, I was going to say that it when does you can, begin in the heart. Yeah, yeah. When I you think. can get Definitely. someone, and this mm-hmm. is where you play a huge role, Kim. When you can get somebody into that spot, utilizing their God-given gifts, yep. psh, it's yeah. awesome. Yeah, and I was going to say that to Maritza's point. Like sometimes it might start from a selfish reason or like a feel-good reason. Mm-hmm. Like I want to do this, you know, and. And sometimes we might even have the, what's it going to do for me? But it doesn't usually end that way. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> because when we tell people, like, when you're serving, you're you're stepping into ministry. Right. No matter what you do. Like you said, greeters, I mean, any role here at the church. And it's so, when you talk to new people, it's, I think there's this misconception that um, 
people don't understand how many volunteers it takes, you know, to do what we do on a Sunday morning, on a Wednesday, on a weekly basis. And so it can be eye-opening. But I I think sometimes it, maybe if it doesn't start from the best motivation, but it it usually doesn't end that way, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Some people, I mean, sometimes that's the way we are with our faith. I mean, for me, my thought when I initially walked into GT decades ago was, I'm going to try this Jesus thing. Yeah. So my motivation was far from pure. Right. I was I was desperate. I was a knucklehead. I'm going to try this. But, you know, the Word of God tells us that the Word of God is sharper than a two-edged sword. And so amazing transformations can happen. I don't want to put you on the spot, Kim, but oh, do you okay. know roughly how many people serve both campuses on a Sunday morning? How many volunteers serve? Uh, I'm going to take a stab and say somewhere in the 300 range. That's that's yeah. incredible. Yeah. I shared uh, yesterday that we have coached 165 new volunteers. So part of our process is to coach people and help discover the gifts and stuff and and uh, 165 new volunteers across two camp the so two campuses. So a follow up question: okay. Does that do, does, does that mean? No, this I think this is an easy one. Yeah. Does that mean we have enough volunteers? Never, now? never, <laughs> never, never. That's there's, what I wanted everybody to there's hear. There's not a team across across the the church that would say, "Oh, don't give me any more volunteers." Yeah. I yeah. mean, we would never. Now you know there's roles in in different things, but there's not a team that would say. Yeah, stop, don't. They might say, slow down a second, I need to catch up, you know, from the ones that you've given me, but n- yeah. not, we've not come across that. I heard I heard a stat from, like, and this is getting into back-end church thing, uh, but from a video discussion from the AG leadership that, that the goal of a church should be about one-third mm-hmm. of their active attendees are serving. We're that above that. We are? Yeah, we're, we're close to the, like... 38 to, to 40 percent range range so and that's, yeah we're that's we're, typically where where yeah. a healthy church is mm-hmm. yeah that when they see huge spikes over you know everybody's serving but but the attendance overall it's not a church that's reaching new people mm-hmm. but but the healthier churches are the ones that are in that right. in that around that one third of your attendees are serving because right. that means you're getting new people in and as the church is growing that the serve need grows, mm-hmm. but you but know, people you have, have to people, catch up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. People have to catch up because you don't wanna we always say like and obviously we have a little bit of a process that we help you go through a pathway, if you would, to help you to get to the point where you're serving. And we want people to take those steps in their own pace. Yes, we want people to serve, but we also want people to be ready to serve. Mm-hmm. You know, if you throw somebody in too soon, like there's there's can be, you know, some some fallout to that too. So uh, that's a great point, Andrew, that and we are growing as a church, and so yep. we have that that core uh, people yep. who serve, and then we have that pocket of, wow, mm-hmm. you're really new, you know? And sometimes I'll say, like, come and attend for a while, yeah. you know, see what GT is about, and then we can yeah. talk about yeah, serving. I, I tried to paint the picture to just help the people understand that we're sitting there listening to the message of what is happening outside of that room. Mm-hmm. Be- because a lot of them don't know if, if you right. sit there and you don't have children or your children are grown or whatever, right. you don't realize that behind you right now at, at North, there's 30, 40 kids being ministered to and every one of those rooms need adults and lead. You right. would, if you didn't, if I didn't tell you that, you may not know that. And behind me is the youth. So there's a, a lot going on. And before you got here, your hand was, you know, somebody shook your hand and somebody made the coffee and like 
there's a lot of wheels, gears turning to make this happen. And I think just helping people understand that helps them want to jump in and be part of that. Right. So. I think it's also interesting, like as I was as I was prepping and, and you know, going back and re-listening to your guys' messages and and just getting ready for the conversation today, that I I almost I was initially looking at like service, you know, and a life of service as like a twofold thing, but as I dove deeper, it's almost like a threefold step. You know, there's how do I serve my family at home? How do I serve those who I interact in the community? whether it's coworkers or just strangers or or going out into the community and and you know local go groups right. and and you know um, it's almost like a continuation of some of the conversation last week about how do you live missionally right. and being a service to those outside and then how do I serve my church family right. and yet, like there's this this threefold aspect of of what it what it means to have a life of service right. and like yeah. All three yeah. are important, right. and if you if you're doing doing one well, but you're not doing another one well, then then you're not doing well, you right. know. And right. it's right. it's that focus on yeah. on how am I how am I serving my family, how am I serving my church family, and how am I serving the lost? Yeah, I love that. That's a great point. Um, and I I was thinking about today when you know just what we were going to talk about how it would unfold, and obviously it's a podcast, so it's super raw so whatever we say it's on the spot for those listening but very much so I thought about my day today I am going to leave here today and I'm speaking at Teen Challenge and we're having a breakthrough Wednesday and believing for the captives to be set free for strongholds to be broken so be praying with us because I live my life on mission and again not a pat on the back but I serve my family I serve the church And then I know that there is a world out there that Jesus modeled so well for us that are captive, that are hopeless, that are broken, that are destitute, and we're called to the least of these. And so I think it's important for people to understand that too, that if you serve Sunday morning in your church, that's faithfulness to your home church, and Mm -hmm. it's it's a beautiful thing. But there's a lot of people outside of these four walls that need to know Jesus, that need to encounter the love of Christ, that need to be served. There's a lot of local organizations that do not have the resources to employ people. And so we can't just check Sunday off mm-hmm. and pat ourselves on the back and feel like I did because I'm not technically paid to go to Teen Challenge doesn't mean I'm not going to go to Teen Challenge, there's a need and I want to meet that need. I'm going to meet that need. And so I think it goes back to the servant's heart because it's not for us and it's unto God and you want people to know Jesus. My motivator should always be that they need to know the love of Christ. Mm -hmm. They need to know that God hasn't forgotten them. There is a need and I I want to be able to help however I can. So I remove myself from being self-serving and recognize that this has greater value eternally than a momentary value. And I think that's where it's misplaced, mm-hmm. that people at times just this works for me now. And I kind of hit on it on Sunday. And it's wonderful when you serve in general. Like, that's a beautiful thing. But 
the motivator should be a, a heart's desire to, to, to model Jesus to the world, to love people well, to care for people well, well and to share the hope of God with everyone around us. Um, and it's not limited to spaces. We have just this propensity to, to compartmentalize everything. Like this only happens here and this only happens there. You can be at a grocery store and see a mom who's struggling with her two babies and you could see her, she's walking to her car. You can help her push that car. Mm -hmm. That's serving the kingdom right. of God That's right. because it was motivated unto God. It was to care for God's people. That's serving. Yep. And so just super important to keep that in mind. Well, here's a verse that, that describes exactly what you were saying from Peter, and I, I used it on Sunday. He, he started out by talking about the end is near, be alert, be of sober mm -hmm. mind so that you may pray. Then he talks about, so it's this process then love each other deeply because right. love covers a multitude of sin. But here's where the service part comes in. He says in verse 9 of chapter 4, 1 Peter, he says, Offer hospitality to yes. one another without grumbling. Right. So get your attitude right. And then he says, Each of you should use whatever gift you have have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in various forms. Mm -hmm. Notice he doesn't say serve in the church. Right, He's in not specific. Forms. He just says... Various forms. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. again, if you have the attitude of, and, and, and I said this because my kids probably heard it a million times, if you see a need, meet it. Right. It's just that simple. Right. If you see a need, meet it. Not, not if it's convenient. Right. Not if you have the time. If you see the need, right. meet it. Absolutely. It's just that simple. And then he goes on to say, if, if any, uh, he talks about, how that gives honor to God right. for if doing that serves, as serve. faithful steward yeah. of God's grace in various forms. So right. by your service, it opens those doors up to potential conversations of, wow, how'd you do? Right. You, you know what I mean? It does. Like, it's just so it takes it back to yeah. missional living. Because I, I use that same verse. And it, it closes with, so that in all things, yep. God may be praised through Jesus That's Christ. Right. So you go and you help someone motivated by a servant's heart and love for God. Did you really use the same verse? I did. Look, what? here are my notes. That's awesome. ah, yeah. Imagine the word of God. <laughs> but people see that, and it's even like a God reminder. I'll mm -hmm. just use a quick example, if it's okay. I'm gonna. Use. Yeah. I had gone to Mercy Ministries one day, and they asked me, "Are you the people?" that hand out the brown lunch bags on Saturdays. And I said, yeah, whatever. Because we, we would did that for a long time for Carpe Diem, our street ministry. They had a young woman go in there who was sitting at the Reading Public Library that one Saturday that we walked by. And I, I didn't remember because you meet a lot of people. That day she had not had anything to eat. And she was praying and had said mm -hmm. to God, wow. if you love me, feed me. Wow. Feed me. We walked all the streets. That was our last destination. I remember the Reading Public Library, like we stopped in that area. Mercy Ministries told us about it. We would have never known. They said one of the young women that we serve here said that God remembered her wow. that day. Wow. It was so powerful. And I remember just crying. And I was like, this is why we're motivated. Because through this, then God is praised. We don't know when we're serving someone how that person has possibly been praying. Show me a sign, God. God, do you love me? God, are you real? Everything we do should be motivated 
to serve God, mm-hmm. to bring glory and honor to God, to point others to God. And then in that, it doesn't become wearisome and burdensome. If anything, you rejoice because you know that God is getting the glory. And this is just how the Holy Spirit works. He fills you up. He gives you the strength and the ability. And like Kim said earlier, it motivates you to do more. Mm-hmm. Now, it's almost like it, it whets your appetite for more. Right. Like, and, and obviously, speak into that, Kim, because you you have the people that start somewhere, and now they're leading up. Like, Oh, right, <laughs> right, because we, we have to have that. We have to have that next level. Right. So I, I think, you know, discipleship has to go hand in hand, mm-hmm. you know, because when, when uh, people are stepping into serving, then we have that opportunity, you know, to disciple. And 100%. so, and you mentioned the gifts and then we're always looking like, and when people are using their gifts, you see that natural like leadership or, right. you know, when somebody... Uh, what we do after one part of our process is to give people a spiritual gifts assessment to take. And I love that when, when you see their top gifts yeah. and you sit down to have that conversation of where they should serve and you can put those gifts together and automatically kind of know right. what would be a great team. And, or so, you know, you see leadership and um, you see like um, shepherding and I'm like, Tony, you know, group leaders, like, right. you know, but you can see the potential yeah. there and maybe it's not, it's not right now, right. but it might be, you know, down the road. And so, yeah. yeah. So I think that I love that we have tools like that, that can help us discover because we're all created differently and we're not all meant to do the same thing. And so I love that we can take how God has created us, how he has wired us and, and gifted us and put all those things together to figure out, you know, at least a starting point of of where, because we have a, we talk about it, we have so many teams and we don't want to just throw people in, you know, willy nilly, but, and I wanted to go back because we talked about um, the Matthew 20, 20 verse, and that was one of our verses on our reading plan this week. And so we use that verse when we do get connected. And verse 26 says, not so with you, like Jesus is telling right. them, this is how the leaders are, but not so with you. Right. And I think that just has to translate to us. Like we, he's just telling us we need to be different. Yeah. And so whether, whether, and you and I, Maritza had this conversation Sunday morning about the serving yes. your family, serving, yep, yep. maybe you're serving in your kid's school, maybe you're serving elderly parents, you know, um, and that's happening like in my extended family right now. And so maybe there's not that margin to be on a serve team or going right. out in a, but, but when we're serving others, we're serving others and it's how we, how do we do that? You know, if you're sitting in the hospital with a, a, a parent or seeing a parent through something as they age, like it's how you're treating other people around, right. you know, mm-hmm. you still have the opportunity to, to show Jesus love Absolutely. to others, you know? So I think like that, I don't know. I just, I think back to, to my husband and Mark and how he, he just loved to serve right. everybody, you know, right. like it didn't matter. It just was like, yep. you said, Eric, see a need yeah. and okay. fill it. And, yeah. and, and that's humility it, too. What you just described is, is what happens is serving can be contagious. You know, if, yeah. if you've ever been served, yeah. you have, I think we all have, sure. and, and we all have a need at some point in our lives that we just can't provide for ourselves, whether it's health or whatever. And, and when someone steps up and serves you, it does something to you. Yeah. You, you kind of never forget that, right. you know, that someone went out of their way and, and used their, their gifts, whatever that may be, to help you. I, I want to do that. Yeah. It, it really is something yeah. to that. It, mm-hmm. it does something to your heart. Yeah. But I'm, I'm wondering if people are listening, Kim, and, and maybe a little intrigued, like, what is that serve process, process like yeah. there at yeah. GT? 
<clears throat> yeah, and and I would say like if you are listening and you're newer to the church, like just take one step at a time. Like we'll help you through it. So what I'm gonna describe and I'm gonna do it really quickly might seem like a lot, but it's really not. And we help you take the steps. And it's we always say like we've said this for years. I think as long as I'm my almost 12 years on staff, it's not what we want from you, but it's what we want for you. And we've been talking about that. Like when you step into using your gifts, when you step into serving others, you, you can't help, but grow, you know, you can't help, but get more of God and closer to God. And so it is that what we want for you. And so we want you to come to coffee with the pastor and, you know, we Mm -hmm. do that monthly. We're taking December off. So the next time we'll be in January, (laughs) we have a lot of other stuff in in December. Not true, true, but lots of stuff to do here in December. (laughs) But you know, somebody might go to coffee with the pastor in March and not come to the next step until, you know, November. So the next step is uh, coming to get connected. And Tony and I come into um, coffee with the pastor and a at North, it's you have a lovely couple that do that, uh, Sandy and David, and just invite you back for the next step. So then it's get connected, and that's spending an entire service with Tony and I, and we're literally having a conversation, walking through, you know, just um, the values of the church and and our mission, and then how do we connect through life groups and serving, um, and then after that, you get to meet with a surf coach, and I think this is my favorite part because. This is where we get to discover who you are. How has God gifted you? How has he wired you? We're all different. We are, Maritz and I, extroverts. Uh, the two guys not throwing you <laughs> under the bus here, but maybe not as you know, high extroverted. I know, and, Eric. What are you? What are you? Oh, I can flip a switch. Uh, he can flip a switch. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> there but, is no switch for me. No, I removed no the switch. But that's there is okay. No, switch. He doesn't, no dimmer either. There is no dimmer. <laughs> no. Right? But imagine if we took, so without this conversation, imagine if we just took somebody, right, right. okay, you want to volunteer, yeah. and took someone such as you, Andrew. I love your personality, so I'm not dinging your personality or introverts in general, but say we said, oh, there's a need on new to GT and just threw you in. You probably week one, you'd be like, peace out the door and not return, right? Because it wouldn't set you up for success. I want to see that on Sunday. Right. I want to see that. I want to see that on Sunday. Not that you couldn't handle it. You wouldn't see me on Sunday. (laughs) Right. There you go. But I'm saying like- I'm feeling a little under the weather. (laughs) I don't think I'm going to make it in for my test drive. But that's a true thing. (laughs) That's a true thing. And our serve process came about, like, honestly, I was- of serve coach volunteer before I came on staff for about a, a year or so, but because a failure, because we don't want to do that. Right. And, and then somebody's just going to stop what's going to happen. They're going to not show up for their serve role, right. maybe not even show up for church because they're embarrassed that they didn't yep. show up for their yeah. serve role. Sorry, this is where I can get like a little <laughs> no, passionate I, about it because it's so we want to set people though. up for success. That's right. Yeah. That's right. It's yeah. so important. You, you, you can't put a, a square peg in a round right. hole and you know, I just want people to understand, yes, we want you to serve 100%, right. but we're not just going to throw you in the pool where the need right. is. We're going to take the time, Kim and her team, to find out all those things. And if, if I were new here and wanting to serve, I would appreciate that. Yes. I mean, that that's pretty amazing. I think a lot of people work jobs where they're told what to, what to do, do right? sure. and I don't. I think most people don't like to be told what yeah. to do. And here we're like, no, we're gonna walk beside right. you yeah. and help you. Find and it's so it. important because it's a larger church. Because right. I did give the example, like when I was growing up, I went to a smaller church. It probably maxed out at like three hundred. So it was easy for you to kind of get your feet wet everywhere. They there, you saw a need and, and had to meet. There was right. we did everything because it was like, hey, someone didn't show up. Can you do this? Sure. And we do the opposite, right? <laughs> so, but in a larger church, that's you can't manage that. No. That's impossible. Right. And so, 
but to to that regard it's neat because then you realize whoa i'm never doing that again you know it's like when i lost atticus I'll never care for two-year-olds you might again. Explain that right now. <laughs> when I lost Andrew's two-year-old at the time, <laughs> because they asked me, there was a need, yes. and they said, "Can you help out in in the preschool, whatever that is?" The little Have you been asked back? I was never asked back. A staff member's child went AWOL, and I very quickly realized I love kids, but I I like older kids to work sure. with. I love kids, sure. but I will work with older kids because two-year-olds, they just don't listen. <laughs> it's well, like, you know what? You know what? You may see a mom of three and think, oh, that's a perfect fit for but kids ministry. But she might want to get away. But she might need to be right. with some adults on yeah. a Sunday and that's okay. Yeah. And so we, when we it's ask so about like experience right. when we sit with somebody, if we have somebody maybe who came from another church and they've made a switch here, they moved to the area or something, we'll ask like, what kinds of things did, have you done? Yeah. And they might say like, and then we might say, were those good fits? Right. Well, you know what? I did this and it wasn't the best fit. Mm-hmm. All right. We're going to steer clear of that. So yeah. it just gives us the opportunity to really kind of hone in on somebody's yeah. gifts and, and personality. We have to put that and experience. We have to put all those things right. together. So we talk about spiritual gifts. We talk about heart. We talk about abilities, personality, and experience. And we kind of lump all that together through that conversation. Um, And then we send them out for what we call a test drive. So I always say, like, when you're getting a new car, you don't just go in, pick one, and and drive it home. You you check it out and and drive it. And so we let people do that here, too, and see if they like it or not, and then decide. So I love our process. I I just think that it's it's been so successful over the years, and... um, yeah, I just I love that's that awesome. we get I love yeah. that I get to do it. I love yeah. I think <laughs> Shout out I to think my the, serve coaches. Yeah, I think the test drive thing though is is a great just even even just like that comfort level for for a new volunteer even if you're going to like if you're going to Hope Rescue Mission and serve food, like you're not just showing up and and there's no direction, there's right. no no explanation. There's like if you're going to to do it regardless of where it is if it's if it's like through through gt like we want you to feel comfortable stepping in whether you're you're seasoned or not whether you know and it's it's just a a nice little put your mind at ease and like listen it's there's no expectation of of perfection, right. like stepping into to anything. Yeah, whether, you're just gonna go watch where, yeah. and hang out for the morning and see see how it goes and see if yeah. it's something you think you would like right. to do. So I love that. Yeah, and I think the importance process. goes back to if you're living a life worthy of the calling you have received, because it could seem like, well, what's the big deal? Like, because you got to be fair. There's all kinds of listeners. What is the big deal about serving the church, right? Mm-hmm. Someone could be like, okay, well, what's the big deal? Because there are people that think that way, or mm-hmm. I already go, or I already tithe, I'm good, God knows, like I said, my bandwidth, et cetera, et cetera. How are you living your life for God? Mm-hmm. What, what is your, your life? You, you're saved, you're, you're, you're a believer, you're, you're living for God in what way is yeah. so important to help people understand that, like... Because I'm living for the Lord. Like right. now I, I'm going to use everything he's given me right. for his yeah. kingdom work because there's work to be done. Yeah. That's why. Well, we're going to answer for how we use our gifts, right? Yep. Right. I, I always say like 
What if I gave, I see you, well, I see you, Maritza, every day. I see Tony every day. Like our offices are so close. Right, we're neighbors. So we're neighbors, yeah. <laughs> sometimes loud neighbors. Right. Um, sometimes they're probably sorry they made that decision. Probably. <laughs> but, you know, what if one of us gave the other one a gift, you know, right. at the beginning of the year, Christmas or something, and we see each other every day. We never see, say it's a pair of earrings. You always right. have great earrings. Thanks. What if- uh, Gifts. People gift them to me. But see, buy any of my but jewelry. here's the thing. What if I gave you a pair- for Christmas or, you know, your birthday and all year goes by and I never see you use your earrings. I'd be like, man, I gave her that gift right. and she just, never she never again. used it. <laughs> right. Seriously though. Right. So I think of that, like it yeah. would be, it would, it would make me sad. So right. I think what, how do we grieve right. the Holy Spirit that has right. given us gifts if we just never... Right. It's yeah. why good and faithful servant. Yeah. It's yeah. it's actually the Bible. When you read in the Gospels, there's the parables. And he says, you wicked servant. Like, what did you do with the talent I gave you? And and, and the master replies, you wicked servant. Like, you, you did nothing yeah. with, like, you just buried it in the ground and did nothing with it. And I think for us as believers, that's a sobering thought. God gave all of us gifts. Like, the, they're distributed as the Holy Spirit sees fit. And as you said, Kim... What are we doing with that to serve in whatever capacity God calls you to serve? We, we have a responsibility. So when we talk about serve, when, when, you know, when Kim and her team are like, hey, come sign up, it's because we want to help you be faithful stewards of what God has entrusted you with. So it's not selfish on our behalf right. or self-serving. If anything, it is to see you continue to grow wow. and see how God is um, just being glorified in your life. I'm thinking of someone, I won't say her name either because I didn't ask permission either, but <laughs> she went from very skittishly helping out on Wednesday nights when I was in the youth department as a small group leader, very skittish, very um, kind of reserved and everything. But interested in serving and helping out at whatever capacity in student ministries. Then she took a desire to be part of our street ministry. Then she said, God is calling me to do more with it. So I handed the baton to her and I said, well, you could be the new local outreach leader for that ministry. Then she took it a step further this year and reached out to Tony and said, I know I only want to lead that go group. I want to be a life group leader and disciple the people that are going out into the street. So in, I would say in the last four years, tremendous growth in this person's life because they, little by little, they, at first they didn't even think they could You know, they didn't have the capacity to do it. But little by little, they kept being faithful and wanting more. And and it goes back to the verse, you were faithful with the small things. I can entrust you with the greater things. Mm -hmm. And it's just, like you said, Eric, too, earlier, it's just incredible when you see that when the person, you know, kind of gets their feet wet a little bit. And then all of a sudden, they jump deep into the Mm -hmm. pool. You're just like, holy moly, like you went from here to there. You got to take some of that credit also, you know. I don't know about you guys, but I'm here because someone saw the gifts in me that right. I didn't even mm-hmm. see, right. Man. and they they watered them and, and all the right. things that were needed, mm-hmm. and encouraged me, and Absolutely. trained me, and, and mm-hmm. walked beside me, and mm-hmm. answered my questions, and picked me up when I had no. I mean, I remember one of my first big responsibilities as a volunteer was leading a, ju- a junior high group on a Sunday night in the West Wyoming Missing Gym. And I remember telling Pastor Tom, who's now one of our elders, man, I, 
are you, I, I don't think I can do, you want me to lead this? I've never done any, I mean, I was petrified. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 50 kids screaming in a gym and... Good you times. Know, yeah, it was great times. Yeah, um, I was one of those kids. Oh, oh <laughs> wow! Great. I believe yeah. that. Well, it was uh, Earth Ball. Remember that? Yeah. Until we yeah. broke a kid's arm. All right. I, <laughs> I love that Pastor Eric was Dan's youth pastor. I know. I was like letting that sink in Who's? for a minute. Andrew's Who's? Andrew. Wow. Yeah. No. Thank you. Probably dance too. <laughs> Probably dance. Yeah. But but you know that's in it's a privilege we have also because mm-hmm. I think right. some people don't even realize the gems they are. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They, they just don't. Right. And you can see it, so it's our right. responsibility to be like, listen, man, absolutely, yeah. I see that in you. Yeah. Yeah. Greg Hubbard has been one of my biggest. Yeah. I'll use his words, right. cheerleaders. God. You know, in my life and. We now get right, to do right. that yeah. with others. Yeah. Well, and and I love I love like who 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 of us didn't have a realization of their calling on their life until they took a step into service. Like right. all of us right. started by serving. serving. Oh, 100%. Like none of us started on staff right. in, in at a church. Right. Started in ministry. Like. I know for me, like it started through service. I felt a calling into ministry, didn't know what it was, but it was through service that I was able to discover what that calling really meant on my life and what it's meant for me. And like, if I never taken the step to get involved and be connected, what would that meant for for me in my life and what what I've been called to do? That's that's a great point because uh, I've had people... I'm sure you guys have too. Like, I have a call of, of ministry right. in my life. Right. The first thing I'll tell them, start serving, start serving. man. Yeah. Just right. start meeting needs. Right. Just yeah. start serving. Yeah. Get out there. Get your hands in the in the game and start loving on people and sharing your faith and, and just get busy. Right. There's you lots know, they, of work. Because they're, you know, they're can get ahead of themselves a little bit. Yeah. And I'm like, well, if you think you're called to work with junior hires, I think that's fantastic. But start, start working with them first. Yeah, right, <laughs> yeah. right, right. And, right. you know, let's see how that yeah, works out. Yeah. So. Well, I was going to say, too, what I described in the serve like process sounds like the perfect scenario. Sometimes we are going to be called to serve in ways that mm-hmm. that that might be out of our comfort zone or that that aren't glamorous, or, but that we still need to go. We still mm-hmm. need to do it. We, right. You know what I mean? Sometimes it's, it's not always going to be yeah, in our feet. Sometimes it's just a need. And again, that goes back to your attitude. Right. right. You know, that, That's that right. Is right. A, that is a heart thing. Right. And Colossians chapter three talks about that. Do all things <laughs> under the glory of right, God. Right. Do all things for him. If you can keep that attitude, whether it's right. cleaning toilets or right. whatever you're doing, listen, unto it, the Lord. it is. Do it unto the Lord. And he will honor that. Absolutely. He will honor that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I want to talk also just about how how we model that for for our family. Mm. All you guys have have kids who are who are, are now and grown grandchildren. and grandchildren. grandchildren. Like I have two young young boys, and it's <laughs> and it's how do I teach them yeah. how to live a life where you're serving others? Yeah. You know, and and because as as parents as you know, the heads of a household, we are, that's, that's on us to, and part of it is demonstrating. And right. then, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's practical teaching and, yeah. and mm-hmm. showing them. Yeah. Well, I've, I've put, <laughs> I've put my kids in some uncomfortable situations, not unsafe, but uncomfortable. And certainly the first thing I do is just model it. 
and it and it started out simply when they were younger by it, you're checking out. Thank you. How's your day going? My, it drives my kids. Cr- I want to have conversations with everybody. Yeah. I'm looking just for mm-hmm. for open doors. I want people to know I care. And I always tell my kids, people will open up if they really know that you, you're interested in their life. You'll be amazed at the stories. So restaurants, wherever. But also, you know, you talked about the helping a mother of two or something. Mm-hmm. That actually happened w- with Nate. We were at Target, and this poor woman had this big, like, cast boot thing on her leg. And she's hobbling and, you know... T- bringing her groceries to her car and then the, the cart thing was far I'm like Nate go go ask her if you can take the cart back I don't even know her that's the point kind of the point just go right. ask her and he, he walked over and you, I watched the conversation and you could tell when he asked if he could help because she just you saw it like I can't believe this is yeah. happening this mm-hmm. this teenager yeah. just offered to help me and he walked it over and I was like how'd that feel buddy right mm-hmm. and then he had the same look on his right. face right. so it, modeling it yeah. is, is the best say. way and not just when you're out but at home yeah at home is a big um, deal is yeah. a big deal because right. yeah yeah I think you said it um Andrew just modeling it I mean from when they're you know if you can start when they're little yeah. on up but we if we're not doing it they're not gonna yeah, they're not gonna catch yeah. it and I you said, you know, our kids are grown. Eric and I share a granddaughter, but um, my oldest grandson is almost five and he loves to come and help me at church. You yes. know, he'll, and he loves to put out when we have to do communion, he will, he'll come and I'll tell him I have to do communion and he'll come and help me. And a video of him rolling this big cart, you know, with the communion baskets on it. And, but it, we talk about what is this, you right. know, like mm-hmm. he'll say, he'll, he'll say it's, oh, it's the grape juice. And I'll say, yeah, but what is it called? And now he knows that it, it's communion. Right. So it's not just, we're pushing a cart around. It's also like moments that you can, right. you can teach them. And our preschool, our our kids, man, boy, they start them, they start them really mm-hmm. little, like right. explaining things. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I know one day he was like, um, God made us to help people. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, awesome. that's, the, that's our preschool yeah. team. So mm-hmm. shout out to our kids right. ministry team. But, you know, I think it just goes back to right. modeling. Yeah. If you're living, if you're living a life that's focused on others, others they're going to catch it. That's yeah, huge. it's others focused. I, I love that because at... Like raising our kids, it's and and I think my husband and I are, are very compatible in this. Like, we were always watching for people. Like, and our kids knew it was to help them. Like, to make sure, like whether it is returning a cart, do they have enough money for their groceries? Like, and I, it is very. And this is like again, I'm not saying this like in a prideful way. My kids care about people so much. It's it's heartwarming. Like they might not be like, sorry kids, I love you, the smartest kids or whatever, but they genuinely care. <laughs> about people, which to me, I feel like job well done yes. because mm-hmm. they, they, they constantly have compassion for people. And I'm like, they, they were able to see like, it's not about me. And like, I think that was our goal raising our kids that it's not about you. Mm-hmm. Like it's about a greater purpose and caring for people. And that as believers should be natural slash supernatural part of how we live our lives that mm-hmm. your kids don't hear you fussing if someone takes the better parking space. Our kids shouldn't see us fussing if someone took the last bag of coffee mm-hmm. at, at the grocery store. Like, Because then it's me focused, and so they lose that. They don't feel like they have to serve because they want to be self-serving. But when we as believers prioritize others, others first, our children are watching that, our grandchildren are watching that, and they won't be selfish. 
they'll mm-hmm. they'll they'll be very selfless and want to serve. So when they do see a need at the church, they can't wait to jump in. Mm-hmm. When they when you know it's announced, hey, we need people for Christmas Eve services to help with. They they're excited. They're like, oh, I want to help with that too, because they it's they haven't made it about themselves. So mm-hmm. we have to be mindful, even with not just our actions but our words. Mm-hmm. If if every time we're encountering things, we're kind of making it about ourselves. It gives that idea that we come first and then others second. Mm-hmm. And so that doesn't model the way for them. Right. Disclaimer to Maritza's children. I love you, you guys. Are very you're awesome. Smart. You are. You, you actually are. I love you so much. Smart. Well, I think too, well, I'm very happy that you're compassionate. It can go God. beyond our, our kids and, and our grandkids. And we all have a circle of influence, right. you know, and in that circle, there are going to be people who are believers who are, you know, we spend a lot of time with at church right. and, you know, but then there's, there are going to be others, people who, who, um, you know, might not be in relationship with Christ yet. And so I think in that circle of influence, just we're modeling, we're modeling the way for, you know, and that, yeah, again, it's not like a pat on the back. It's just, it's just being who you are. And yeah, Yeah. because Ephesians Ephesians (laughs) 2.10, God created us to do good works. Right. Like that's, that's just, that's why we we all, yeah, we were created to do good works. (laughs) And, you know, unfortunately, sin entered the world, and now right. it's now there's there's a battle between the selfish right. nature of 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 humans versus what God has created and intended Correct. us for, right. and that's Amen. to do good works. And yeah, it, um, I love that. I've had volunteers come and start serving with me with their kid, so that, that they could do stuff yeah. with their kid. Yeah, yeah. and like. And we have we have an environment where where that that is something that that can happen so that you know parent and child can work together right. and at at something and do stuff. I all credit to my wife. You know we've we've gone and served meals at the Hope Rescue Mission as a family and, and yeah, like yeah, is included awesome. my kids. Right. You know a five and seven year old getting to go and and just serve others right. in a simple thing of like hey. Pour, fill some cups and and hand it to the guys as they walk through and and you know yeah. ask them how what they want and how they're doing you know and it's it's easier for it's, the kids probably yeah. to talk to people than yeah. sometimes sometimes oh and straight. like yeah. yeah all credit to my to my extra, extroverted wife <laughs> like I'm not I'm not looking to go out and and do stuff but like it's there's there's you the mean opportunity. interact with people yeah, like, yeah. well no even yeah. looking to go out and do stuff you know <laughs> Go home, go too. home, close the door, pull the blinds down, <laughs> you know. No, but like, I love that, that that is something that, that we, as we, a family. Yeah, yeah, as a family can do. And it, yeah. it just helps that, you know, we have a church where, yeah. where that's, that right. is think, something yeah. that is integrated into the culture. Well, Absolutely. we're we're recruiting for like the Christmas spectacular right now. We'll be handing out those family packs as people enter and mm-hmm. those are great servals for Absolutely. and there and I try like really hard to get families that want to serve together to do some of those things because like I just love seeing that. I love seeing families right. serving. Kids are a clean slate. They come mm-hmm. as a clean slate, right? Uh, right. <laughs> and it's well, whatever we so we show them. I think uh, not growing up in the church as I sit and listen to this, some of it so as a kid, I had an incredibly hardworking mom and dad, mm-hmm. but the challenge with my father was he wouldn't teach us. 
because he was so driven and ran at such a fast pace, mm-hmm. he could do everything quicker, faster, and better than us. Mm-hmm. So we, we kind of had to learn on our own. So that being that was modeled before me, I was like, well, that I... So when you come into the church world and volunteers, I had to tell myself, even though I can do things quicker, faster, and better, I'm not helping anybody. I'm mm-hmm. ripping them off. Yes. And I had to reprogram mm-hmm. myself to be like, it ain't. it's not about time and quantity. Right. You need to just stop. It's right. about the person. Mm-hmm. It's about teaching them and, and mentoring them. And so for me, it, was, it still can be hard. Yeah. You know, because I, in my head, I'm like, oh, I can do it a lot quicker than that. <laughs> and and that's not fair at all. Right. But that's how I was programmed, raised, you know, as, as a kid. So, right. um, but that's not, that's not the church yeah. world. It's not about. We're called to equip the saints. That's right. right. That's for the right. good work of the right. ministry. Yep. And there's, I mean, this is just probably just a, a no brainer, but there's, as we grow, as our church is a big church, like. We could never, our staff could never care for no. for people. And so I think of like our life group leaders, you know, yep. they might not be in a Sunday morning serval, right. but what a huge, oh, yeah. huge right. serval that is because they're helping us yeah. to care for Absolutely. the people of our church. So, yeah. 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 And it takes, as a pastor, it takes a burden off of me because you can't minister to every no. person. No. It's just, mm-hmm. you know, and that can be a, a heaviness that you feel. So yes, oh my goodness, life group leaders, thank you so much for what <laughs> yeah. you do. Yeah. Because yep. it is, it's to equip the saints for the good work of the ministry. It's, it's exciting when you see people growing in their faith and using the gifts that God has given them. And it doesn't stifle ministry, like I said on Sunday. I think sometimes when, when people feel overwhelmed, it's because they're not they're not allowing others to grow and to lead up. Mm-hmm. When you kind of say, have at it, you you got this, you don't need me to be involved, it continues to move forward. Mm-hmm. Like you said, it doesn't stifle ministry, and there is mm-hmm. much work to be done. So our job is to equip the saints for the good work of the ministry. It is to identify the gifts in people's lives, mm-hmm. encourage them, be their cheerleader, and then send them off to wherever it is that yep. God's going to use them here and now and not stifle it, because we can't. There's no way... We could do all the work on our own. I do, you watch, you do, I watch, you do. Right. Well, and I was just, I don't know why this popped into my head too right now. It's just that experience. You know, we look at people's experiences and I always say like, look at painful, you know, we look at painful experiences that people have been through. Sometimes that's really hard to do, but I always think God doesn't waste a hurt, you know? And so we have been able to have some incredible support groups because people are willing to take those experiences that they've walked through and use that to serve other people and to help others that are going through it. And then, you know, you just think like, it's a trickle, it's a trickle, it's a trickle, you know, you help people get healed and then they go and help others get healed. And so... I just I think that that's such a huge important thing is Absolutely. is supporting people so yeah. yep. and it helps them see where what role they play in the body of Christ for right. saying not that we're saying the word of God says Jesus is the head we are the body mm-hmm. if you don't get plugged in if you don't see what value you bring to the table you're always going to feel disjointed disconnected i mm-hmm. i was it was super cool we had someone from our missions team she works at the the Pennsylvania Adult and Teen Challenge she brought her women's group this is incredible i didn't have to do anything at all for give hope this year 
our local outreach leader. She helped with another of our staff members. And then um, someone else from my missions team came with the girls from Teen Challenge to set up and our victory writers. I didn't have to do any of it. Love it. They all did it. And I was like, oh, I just wasn't available. It, it was wonderful that I yeah. wasn't available. Yeah. Because they were able to... Yeah lead up in such an extraordinary way. And then even for the women from Teen Challenge, even before they've yet encountered Christ, they see how they can be helpful right. and how significant their lives can be right. and for and are for the kingdom of God. And yep. so even allowing people to have those opportunities is huge. And, and in the capacity that they can serve, like you said, and helping them to grow and see like God wants you to be part of the body. And this is the, the part that you play. This is your part in the body of Christ is, mm-hmm. is actually a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. I, I want to hit on that capacity thing because I think people can can like have a hard time because everybody's in different seasons and, and there's, there's different issues that everybody is facing, but it's, it's, you know, going to the parable of the tenants, it's what you do with what you've been given. And, you know, uh, you guys have alluded to some other people, but didn't, you know, give their names, but I do want to give a name of somebody who's faithfully served this church for years and years and years. And it's not always been the same thing. It's changed with the seasons and that's Bob Wales. Mm. And, and Bob Wales his um we talked about him early on in the series because his mother was one of the seven women who who mm-hmm. was the start of the church by praying for a church in a revival in Reading and Bob has served the church faithfully for 50 60 70 years something something along those lines i going back to the 50s i think is when when he came back to the church after walking away for a little while, and he still faithfully serves the church every single day by getting up in the morning and praying for the church. Yeah. He's not he's not able to come and and you know be a greeter. He's you know he's not able to you know do things physically, but he is still faithfully serving Amen. the church Amen. through prayer. And that's that's somebody who's who's taking what he has right. and he's using it Amen. for for the good of of the body. Yeah. Yeah. And and like that to say you know the the guy who got five doubled it. Right. And and he got rewarded. The guy who got two doubled it, and he got rewarded. Right. It's about what you do with what you've been given, Amen. and it's not taking what you've been given and just like and and hiding, hiding it away. away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, Bob it, is one of the guys I remember when I got saved. I mean, he was at the the prime of ministry. He he, he taught me. He taught the one one year through the Bible. I sat in his class. Mm-hmm. I watched him greet. I watched. He was just a work horse mm-hmm. in GT. And yeah, your seasons of life change. And he wasn't a staffer. No, he was no, not no, a staff. no. So that's no, huge no. for people no. to and his understand wife, as well. Isabel, Isabel served as well. Right, like, that you don't yeah. have to be a staff member <laughs> to use what God has yeah. given you mm-hmm. to do the work. You talk yeah. about prayer warriors. To. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Those two. Yeah. That's awesome. Guys, uh, I would, you know, always want to honor everybody's time, and we're we're getting to the end of our time. So, um, just want to give room for any final thoughts, anything that you'd like to hit on that maybe we didn't get to, or go back and reiterate, or or you know, give your opinion on something before we wrap up today. Yeah, you know, I, I believe I said it Sunday, but uh, I'm all about um, obedience. You know, our job is to prepare the message and bring the message. Um, 
it's the listener's responsibility to be obedient to whatever yeah. God is calling them to do. So if you're sitting here and, and you listen to this and you hear this and you've kind of been on the edge of, of serving or thinking you can't or, or whatever, I would say, man, now is the time. Just just get to the serve desk. It's the hub for us at North. Yeah. And just start the process. There, you, yeah. you will not feel an ounce of pressure through the whole process. Right. You will not. But if, if you've been kind of hanging on the sidelines or maybe you've been through a season or whatever and, and now's the time, I would just say, do it. Yeah, that's good. I would also just echo the be faithful with what you've been given, your time, your talents and treasures. Mm-hmm. Nothing is wasted when it's done unto God, mm-hmm. when it's done for his kingdom. And just I love that. Just know that your reward is in heaven and rejoice that you abide in him and that your name is written in the book of life. Amen. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to go on a, the practical side, if that's okay. Just <laughs> yeah, no. Um, Sorry. So, no, I, I, I love it. And I <laughs> echo what you guys said, but I just, because I deal with the practical piece of it, I, I would just say, if, I, I hope there's even just one person listening that maybe hasn't taken that that's first right. step Amen. yet. And I would say like, you know, there's so many reasons, I think, and we've we've talked about so many reasons why people might not step into serving. And I would say just if you have those in your head, lay them aside, come, come step into the first step or come Amen. see me at the serve desk, my team, um, hub at North, and yep. those come back to me too. So yep, I'm working yep. through your list from Sunday, but we'll, we'll just help you one step at a time. We're not going to, you said no pressure. Right. It's going to be at your pace. But just let us help you walk through it and, and connect you. Because to echo what right. you said, Maritza, like there's you're you won't be you just won't be disappointed. No. I don't I just don't think I've ever in twelve years had anybody come back and say like right. this serving thing, not for me. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, yeah, people have to walk away f- during seasons of their life, but yeah. I just yeah, just let us let us get you connected, you know? And yeah. there's so many things that just it's like throwing a rock a, a rock in a a lake, you know, the ripple mm-hmm. effect out is is huge from just right, saying, right. just say yes, yeah. just say yes. Let me help me help me do this, and yeah. and we'll help you do and it. And the great so. thing about your team, it's all encompassing. So even yeah. if you you feel like, well, I want to do like local outreach, I want to help. Yes, we still do need your clearances. Sure. And we still want to yep. make sure that yeah, you're being discipled gonna, and cared yes. for. So mm-hmm. it still behooves yes. everyone to go through the serve process. Yes. I had to say that. You yeah. just said a Kramer word. I can't believe it. What? Behoove. He that is that not word. his yes, word. It is. He uses that. I thought yes, he used he low hanging fruit. Oh, well, stop right that now. Too. Oh, Andrew, help <laughs> us. And on that, <laughs> on that note, <laughs> Kim, Maritza, Eric, thank you guys for thank joining. Hopefully, Kim, we didn't scare you, you away. You did not scare me away. Um, it's been a great conversation. Yeah, uh, it's been you. a great series. And, yeah. you know, next week we're, we're going to be wrapping it up. Uh, Pastor Scott is going to be closing out this series, and he's going to be discussing generosity, um, a topic that I'm sure everybody loves to talk about. (laughs) Uh, No, but if you aren't caught up, make sure that you do catch up. All of our services are available to go back and rewatch on our website or on YouTube, or you can listen to the sermons in podcast form wherever podcasts are available. And if you're listening to this podcast and you know where podcasts are available, <laughs> but until next week, uh, want to thank you for joining us and hope that today's conversation has impacted your life as we continue to all grow together in Christ. Take care and God bless. Amen.